Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Dial 678-ESOG now for a solution to your foundation and waterproofing problems. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So I'll tell you a quick funny story. You know, when we're traveling around during the season, like, say, going to Los Angeles, the national championship game, I am typically dragging around with me a bunch of, like, video equipment, camera, some stuff that sort of makes our shows work. Now, I barely know how to use any of it, but I'm dragging it with me because, you know, we do post-game shows and, and things like that. And obviously, having been in Los Angeles, the national championship, like so many folks who were lucky enough to be down on the field at the end of that game we're doing, you know, you kind of scarfing together all the confetti and try to stuff it in every bag you can you know got family friends people like that that want uh some of that kind of stuff wanted to keep some for myself and so you kind of you kind of do all that you sort of get as much as you can and when you get back home you're kind of you know unpacking all that and things like that and for a good while there every time you open up a bag like you unzip it and just some of this confetti and stuff like that just sort of comes flowing out of the uh, uh of the bag in fact um at one point in time earlier this year you know, I had to kind of give the same kind of camera equipment stuff like that that i typically use it to give it to jeff sintel who's going to do something as it related to uga recruiting and when i gave him the tripod bag we're going to look just we're just looking sort of looking at some of the equipment i unzipped it and sure enough here comes a bunch of confetti spilling out and i don't think there's anything that sort of speaks to this era of georgia football more than that the fact that for weeks after the season comes to an end you're kind of cleaning confetti out of your pockets and your bags and uh you know for a while even out of your hair for the next 24 hours there's just a lot of residue of celebration that's existed around georgia over the course of the last couple of years and at some point in time it is sort of time to clean all that up and sort of look ahead at the business that's yet to be done with that in mind i thought that georgia had a great video on social media i think we may have this to show you if you should definitely check this out for yourself especially radio podcast uh you go to the georgia football twitter account and i'm sure instagram there stuff like that there as well it's georgia it's, it's only it's short it's like 10 15 seconds long but it's georgia kind of sweeping up the confetti cleaning all that up and the caption on the video just simply says turning the page that's what george is doing right now it's turning the page to 2023 uh 2022 existed it was great you're back-to-back national champions 2021 uh same way national champion and now it's a new team it's a new mission it's a new goal eventually around here we'll get to the idea of go for three in 23 you better believe we'll push that uh the same way we pushed all of that a, a year ago with go for two in 22 that's kind of the mission at hand but at a certain point in time you do officially kind of transition away from the celebrating and the confetti and the happiness and you start looking at let's get back to business of football some new players want to have their own legacy they want to make their own mark and now is the time to do that and i don't know if you guys feel this way but there's a part of me that can't almost believe this is real life because listen a lot of us have grown up grown up around georgia football over the course of the last you know many decades handful of decades here and most years have not started with this kind of conversation. Listen, Georgia's been a successful program. Georgia's had lots of uh, good moments. But in terms of, hey, how do you shake off a national championship as you get back to work here for a new season? This is a little bit of a new conversation for Georgia. It is one, though, that did, that did kind of take place a year ago. So as Kirby Smart gets ready to speak today, we'll hear from him in a press conference to sort of start the 2023 season, to start the 2023 spring practice. 
we have a little bit of an idea of how he'll go about doing this. We have a little bit of an idea about, to use the caption that Georgia used in the video, turning the page. We have a little bit of an idea of, of what a, all of this means because Smart talked about that a year ago. Because for the second straight year, Georgia finds itself beginning a spring practice in which it is the, as we like to say, defending national champion. But as many of you remember, that's not necessarily a phrase that Kirby loves using. So as a preview of what he might say today, let's hear what he said this time a year ago. When we came back and went to work for those six weeks, that's we've put that to the side. You know, we don't we're, we're not communicating, talking about that. that. That's something they'll be able to have the rest of their life. We always talk about it here. We've talked about it since we won the SEC. You don't defend a title. You guys want it to be that way but that's not what we do we, we start fresh just like we would when we lost to texas in a bowl game we start completely new and that's so hard i think for the media to grasp that it's not hard for us because we go into a different part of the program which is the all-season conditioning program what's different about the all-season conditioning program than what it has been in the past not a whole lot we're, we're doing the same things we did to build up to the point we went to last year we certainly have different faces and different people in the places and i think you know they're right where they need to be they're not like way behind schedule they're not way ahead of schedule we we have holes to fill just like we do every year probably just more this year than in years past based on uh the guys leaving and the departure so a couple things i want to kind of get to from what kirby smart said there because i do honestly believe i'm sure many of you kind of imagine this there as well is that what Smart said this time a year ago is very similar to what he may say here today there as well because so much of this stuff sort of feels the same. Uh, What Kirby kind of points out is, hey, for us, even though we're defending national champions, Georgia was this time last year, Georgia is right now, the actual practice of getting ready for a new season, the process of getting ready for a new season really isn't any bit different than it's been before. And generally speaking, that's probably true. The the day-to-day operations probably kind of feel the same. But the spotlight that exists on Georgia football right now is quite different than it's ever been. That's what two straight years of winning national championships and what long winning streak, you know, uh, uh, of, of, of winning games will do for you. That, that, that it kind of creates this little bit different level of attention around the program that's existed before. And you may not like that attention if you're Georgia because you kind of want this to be all about the hard work and all of that. But there is a little bit of an extra spotlight on you because of this. I couldn't help but notice this yesterday when the SEC Network and kind of the ESPN family of media rights, whatever, uh, announced their spring schedule. Uh, the one thing you notice is that Georgia is a very big outlier compared to everybody else. In fact, let me show you this on the screen for a moment. It's not a very pretty graphic, but if you're watching on video, you kind of see the uh, point that we're making here is that if you look at all of the uh, spring games, Missouri, the black and gold game, ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus. If you look at the Vanderbilt, which also ironically is the black and gold spring game, ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus, the Florida spring game, the orange and blue game, ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus. Maybe also even Comedy Central for something like that. Uh, The red and white spring game. Also, once again, streaming video. Everything is streaming video. Everything's got a plus next to its name, except for Georgia. Georgia's G-Day on Saturday, April 15th will take place at 4 p.m. on ESPN2. Big time, regular television. The only spring game in the SEC that will be on that kind of television platform will be the Georgia spring game because there is a level of attention around Georgia now that did not used to exist. There's a level of attention that comes the way of Georgia now because it is back-to-back national champions that didn't happen before. And if you just want to say this, and we're going to talk more about this later on the show, there is a level of attention now on Georgia that used to go to Alabama 
but Georgia's kind of nudged Alabama off that perch. Georgia's kind of pushed Alabama off that throne. And Alabama now looks at Georgia getting the, like, the kinds of media attention that Georgia used to get. That Alabama used to be there, Georgia is there now. And the challenge for Georgia as spring practice begins is figuring out how do you stay there? How do you maintain the status you have as college football's top program? And I do believe that the energy that Georgia helps create for itself during the spring practice can go a long way towards getting that done. And with that in mind, there's something else that Kirby Smart said there a moment ago that I think is really, really valuable for Georgia. That while Georgia is in the same situation, Smart would say, that it's been in the past in terms of getting ready for the season, the difference here is coming off a national championship is that we now have, Smart said a year ago, some new faces who are getting plugged into either brand new roles or expanded roles and things like that. Well, guess what? That is kind of also true for Georgia this year. And some of you know this. When I did my vacation shows, when I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the fact that, hey, at one point in time a year ago, Georgia fans had it beaten over their head over and over and over again of, oh, you've got so much to replace, 15 draft picks, five first-rounders off defense. You know, you heard over and over again how much it is that Georgia had to replace. And the question was, can Georgia do it? The assumption was, hey, maybe Georgia wouldn't be able to do that. And then Georgia emphatically went out during the 2022 season and showed just how capable it was of replacing, no matter how much talent was departed, it showed itself to have talent waiting in the wings that was just as capable of winning a national championship again. And what we said was, because of that, you won't hear as much of that going into the 2023 season. But when you make the list of the guys that Georgia does have to replace, that's a minute quarterback, Nolan Smith, as one of this team's most vocal leaders, but also a big player on the field. Christopher Smith, one of the great safeties ever come through this program. On and on and on you go, both your offensive tackles. You can just keep that conversation going. The actual list of names that Georgia has to replace from this past year's team is actually a little longer than maybe you were anticipating it being just simply because you heard so much about that a year ago. You're hearing less about that now, but the list itself is actually maybe a little more substantial than it was first given credit for. So there will be some challenges for Georgia this year as it looks to replace some of the guys that it lost. But the flip side of that coin, same this year as it ever was, including last season, is the new faces in new roles, the newer faces in expanded roles, that brings its own level of energy there as well. Because there were a lot of guys on the 2022 team that played some in 2021, played far more in 2022, and I'm sure for them, they'd probably say, if they were to be you know, genuinely as honest as they're capable of being, as candid as they're capable of being, the 2022 was their national championship. They were on the 2021 team and they were happy about it, but 2022 was their chance to put their fingerprints on that trophy, and so many Georgia players did a year ago. And now in 2023, it's the same type of situation for guys like, say, Oscar Delp at tight end, who was playing some last year, but now he's in a big role. Or a guy like maybe, say, Dalen Everett, a cornerback, who was on this team and certainly gets the championship ring, but now he's got a chance to be a starting cornerback. And safety opposite Malachi Starks and new offensive tackles and you know plenty of opportunities here, there, and all over the place. There are a lot of guys, new faces, like Smart said a moment ago, who get a chance to put their fingerprints on the 2023 season in a way they didn't get a chance to do that in 2022. And that brings with it an energy. And for us who are fans and watching this, media types, whatever else, that's what makes this time of year fun. Getting a chance to see who makes a name for themselves. Getting a chance to see who pushes for playing a time. Getting a chance to see those rare moments in which Kirby Smart uh, has a press conference. He throws out the compliment of, you know, so-and-so's been impressive. So-and-so's working hard. We feel pretty good about this. 
all of those little nuggets that guys like Mike Griffith and Connor Raleigh pull out of these practice opportunities, the stuff they share with us at dognation.com. It creates a lot of excitement and a lot of energy. And all of this a preview to what we're going to see on G-Day. And frankly, it is exciting that Georgia gets a TV opportunity for G-Day on ESPN2 at a time in which it seems like more and more of this stuff is being pushed onto the Internet. It shows how big the Georgia program is right now. And the size, the scope of the Georgia program, it also shows you what 2023 is. An opportunity to make this program even bigger. An opportunity to make this program even better. An opportunity to chase a truly rare level of history. Back to back to back national championships. We don't know how that story is going to end, but we know where it begins. It begins today as spring practice gets started. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented today by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and we're happy to have you with us no matter how you get to us today. 945, first and 15, dognation.com, dognation app, 10 a.m. after that. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, lots of video platforms, lots of ways for you to watch our program. We're just happy to have you with us for all of them. Have the radio at noon as well on our friends at Athens Sports Radio 960 The Ref. You always uh, love to be there on the radio. We're very happy about that. And it's a podcast. It's a platform we started on Apple, Spotify, WorldFamousDogNation.com, pretty much any place you can find platforms. Thankfully, you can find Dog Nation Daily presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia, and I'm glad to know that is true. And as I mentioned a moment ago, so happy to have our friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia with us on the program today. You know, they're proud partners of UGA. And I always feel really good about recommending those who support Georgia, because I know it's fun to do business with dog people. It's fun to do business with those who support the dogs, and that's exactly what Engineered Solutions of Georgia has been about. They're also longtime friends of ours here on Dog Nation Daily. They help us keep the lights on around here. They help us have a great staff of folks to get the show on the air each and every day. I'm grateful for that there as well. So if you're a homeowner, you want to take care of your home, you want to protect it from foundation waterproofing issues, that is where Engineered Solutions of Georgia can step up and do great work for you, because the word solutions is in their name. What that means is if you've got a problem related to water creeping in where it's not supposed to be, basement, crawl space, you know, garage, if you've got cracks in that sort of concrete floor of your basement or in your walls in your house, something like that, if you've got all of that going on or any of that going on, well, that's a problem that you want fixed. Engineered Solutions of George exist to fix those types of problems for you. Uh, and the good news is Sometimes this stuff is not as serious or, you know, sort of hardcore as it kind of sounds. If that be the case, our folks at ESOG will tell you about that. But if it is more serious, if the job is more substantial, all the more reason to have Engineered Solutions of Georgia on the job because they've got an entire team of engineers on staff ready to do great work for you. And there's nobody else in our market that can say that level of resource devoted to your issue, your problem. That's what ESOG is all about. So give them a call. 678-ESOG now. That is 678-ESOG now. If you're facing a foundation or waterproofing issue, no better resource for you to know than my friends at Engineered Solutions of Georgia. Make sure you check them out today. All right, coming up in a moment, we're going to check out, before we're done, former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. I have gotten to where the Jake Fromm conversation on Tuesdays is becoming one of my favorite parts of the week. Jake is just so uncommonly good at taking his experience as a player and relating to whatever that is that might be going on in Georgia right now. I think he's candid. I think he's obviously a very sharp guy, and it is just such a great pleasure to have him on the show, and we'll do that today before we are done about a half hour or so from right now we'll have jake on the show i'm excited about that also coming up just a couple of minutes from right now to keep the preview of spring practice going we'll talk to connor riley here what we'll hear from kirby smart what connor in particular is looking forward to seeing from georgia over the course of the next couple of weeks all of that coming up with uh connor riley here right now prior to that 
let's go around the doghouse. And a moment ago, I talked about the rest of the SEC spring schedule. And as I was looking at the other spring games going to take place, and you had a lot of these SEC teams that like to start spring practice early because they kind of want to do it and get it over with prior to their uh, school spring break, whenever that might be. There's a couple different strategies about when you start a spring practice, uh, but we've got pretty much spring practice going everywhere right now around the SEC. That's kind of thinking about this. You know, for a Georgia fan right now, there's an element in which that what's happening in other places in the SEC or other would-be national title contenders, some of that for a Georgia fan right now is just as interesting is, as what's happening at UGA. Because here is the assumption now that many of us make, and we may not say this out loud necessarily, but this is the assumption many of us start to make, that, okay, well, Georgia has a position battle at so-and-so, but eventually the winner of that position battle is going to be a very good player because that's all Georgia seems to have right now. They are, after all, you may have heard this, back-to-back national champions. So there's a degree to which we're tuned into the drama of Georgia spring practice, especially the quarterback spot and things like that. We're tuned into that drama, but our assumption is that it is easy to predict a good player emerging from these competitions because that's just what Georgia sort of has going on right now. So I think for a lot of UGA fans, their attention then turns to other spots, other places, Tuscaloosa, Auburn, Gainesville, these places that that, that could either be on Georgia's schedule eventually or we know are on Georgia's schedule, the interest in what might happen around those places because at some point in time, it just sort of stands to reason that there is some mystery that will creep into the story for Georgia football this season. College football is not easy to predict. It is easy to project. Georgia will be projected as the preseason number one. But actually fulfilling a prediction to see them finish there, college football has a way of surprising us on this. And I don't know that anybody understands this better than Kirby Smart, who has spoken very clearly about this in the past. In fact, once again, to kind of go back to the past for a moment, Smart talked a little bit about this prior to Georgia winning the national championship this year, of the fact that, hey, it sort of seemed like Georgia was the big favorite taking on TCU. They'd obviously beaten Ohio State. They were 14-0. They'd won the national championship a year ago. They'd vanquished their longtime foe in Nemesis, Alabama. It sort of seemed like everything else after that was fairly easy to predict. But Smart was very vocal a year ago, and these words are wise to say, hey, college football has a way of surprising you. Working, Going back to his time working in Alabama, a lot of times we thought we'd win the national championship. We just didn't. And the words that Smart used then I think are wise to remember here right now. Once again, a little bit of a blast from the past from Kirby Smart, this time from before the TCU game. I know how hard it is to do because there's a lot of times we didn't do it, if you know what I'm saying. We did it once, but while we were there, we, we won four and we were only able to repeat once. It's really hard to do because human nature is to relax and when people pat you on the back human nature is to say i'm good i've done a good job and you know we won it last year let's take a year off uh i also had the great fortune of having a really good team last year and our our, our staff and our organization did such a good job with that team but we lost all of them so it was like starting over so the motivation job was probably not as hard as most repeats are So let me see if I can get exceedingly practical in what I'm talking about here just for a moment. Kirby Smart says prior to last year's national championship game of, hey, college football has a way of being unpredictable. That that a lot of times Alabama, we thought were the best team, and yet more often than not, we actually didn't win the national championship, Smart says right there. And if that's true when it comes to winning back-to-back national championships, 
then I think that's very true when it comes to winning back-to-back-to-back national championships. So there's a certain element that as the team itself renews itself during spring practice here right now, there's going to be a certain level of renewal for the Georgia fan base there as well of as Georgia begins its work in the 2023 season, I think you have to be on guard for everything. And you have to be open to the idea that college football will have a way of surprising you this year the same way college football has had a way of surprising you for the entirety of your life, no matter how long you've been watching college football. Let me give you an example. Think about a team that Kirby Smart once coached as defensive coordinator, Alabama. Think about 2013. Alabama had won the national championship in 2011, had won the national championship in 2012. I'm sure there were plenty of assumptions to start the 2013 season that no one would be better than Alabama. In the SEC at the time, you maybe didn't see really anybody on the landscape who was capable of challenging Alabama. Well, who emerged that year? Who actually won the SEC that year and who actually played for the national championship? It was Auburn with the first-year coach, Gus Malzahn, who many folks thought of sort of a glorified high school coach, quarterback in Nick Marshall that was sort of a far cry from what Cam Newton had been. But nonetheless, Auburn sort of captured just a little bit of magic. And before you know it, you got kick six, you got all kinds of crazy stuff going on, and Auburn's winning the SEC and coming with an eyelash of almost beating Florida State for the national title. Now, it's not my point to say that anyone is going to be 2013 Auburn here in 2023. It's not my point to say that. But a season in which Alabama was chasing its third straight national championship that provided one of the greatest surprises the SEC's ever seen, it's important to note that could happen again this year there as well. So what stands in Georgia's way of winning a third straight national championship? Based on my viewpoint right now, maybe based on your vantage point also, we don't see obviously anything that's out there but college football has a way of surprising us so be on guard for whatever surprise might come your way this year all right i want to bring on connor riley here in a moment before that though let me very very quickly remind you of this that today is your last day to register for your chance to win something that we are really really excited about. a chance to talk to john stinch about this yesterday on our program you may have heard this we are doing a Marlowe's Tavern VIP Insider Lunch. It's going to take place Tuesday, March 21st. It's four winners. Uh, each of those winners getting a chance to bring a guest. And today is your last chance to register for this. Tomorrow, we're going to announce our winners, which I'm really uh, excited about there as well. So if you go to dognation.com, and it's amazing to me, talk about how things have changed over the years, how, how much easier these contests are to register for now. So at dognation.com, super easy to go to register for. You can see it right at the top of the page. Just click in there. You're getting your registration in, and you'll have your chance to win. John Stinchcomb, so much fun to have lunch with. This is going to be great. I'm lucky to be a part of this too. Chef-inspired food, all the great things that make Marlowe's fun. Uh, Tuesday, March 21st, that's the big day. Today is your last chance to enter. So please go to dognation.com. Click in for your chance there on that. The uh, lunch is March 21st. It's going to be a great time, and we're going to have four winners who bring a guest. And if you want to be one of those winners, your last chance to get registered is today there at dognation.com, courtesy of our friends at Marlowe's Tavern. All right, it's Jake Fromm before we're done. It is a lot of preview of spring practice. In fact, that continues right now as we bring on our good friend, Connor Riley. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. Spring practice begins today. We're obviously excited about that. Connor Riley is as well. In fact, he is in Athens getting ready to cover all of this for Georgia later on today. Connor, there's obviously a very serious tone that some of the spring practice will have today. We'll get to a little bit of that in a moment. I feel like we need to talk about that. 
But prior to that, just keeping between the white lines here for a moment, you know, obviously the quarterback thing is going to be a, a big part of the discussion, what goes on here today in the next few weeks. We probably need to sort of separate that out, have our conversation about that there as well. But what else is kind of on your mind and what else do you expect to be a hot topic when Kirby Smart addresses the media as kind of the unofficial kickoff to all of this later on today? Yeah, I expect uh, Gonzaga basketball to be a really hot topic today, as it was on your show yesterday. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's a number of different ways this can go. This is the first time we've spoken to Kirby Smart since uh, the day after the national championship game, and obviously a lot has happened there. I imagine, you know, the events of January 15th, the crash that occurred that night, the loss of life of Devin Willick and Chandler McCroy, two very important members of this Georgia organization. Uh, obviously, that's going to be a topic. Obviously, the off-season arrests, which there have been multiple, uh, Jalen Carter's arrest on January 15th, Jamon Dumas-Johnson similarly, a reckless driving and racing charge uh, that stems from January 10th, just hours after they got back from Los Angeles for the national championship game. The status of Ra-Ra Thomas, who uh, uh, has a misdemeanor family battery charge standing against him from an incident that occurred just after he got on the campus. There are going to be a lot of... You know, see, as you say, it's a serious topic that need to be discussed and answers need to be given, uh, given some of the things that have happened to this program since then. But, you know, I also expect injury updates that are pretty common for spring practice. Obviously, last year, guys like Shmel Munden, Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, they didn't go through practice. They were fine. Come the fall season, there'll be similar stuff this time around. You know, we'll be interested in seeing what the status is of Ernest Green. Marvin Jones Jr. is going to be out with a shoulder injury. We know that already. Andrew Paul, what does he look like coming off an ACL injury? And then, obviously, the quarterback position. And then I think maybe the biggest thing and the most interesting answer that I'm looking for today, Mike Bobo, when did, George, when did Kirby Smart sort of know that he was going to be the guy to replace Todd Munkin? And what does this Georgia offense going forward, how different is it from what Todd Munkin was able to do at Georgia, and what does Mike Bobo bring to the table for this offense? Yeah, I said this yesterday as it relates to Bobo. I don't think there's any denying this is the biggest story for Georgia this offseason because of how good the offense has been the last couple of years. And, you know, not every program, not every coach who's tried to upgrade his offense has succeeded in doing so. And, frankly, that's why some of them are now – you know, no longer head coaches or why some head coaches are no longer at the top of their profession. Kirby Smart did successfully upgrade his offense prior to, you know, hiring Todd Monk and obviously it paid off to the tune of back-to-back national championships. So, you know, keeping Georgia in this national championship picture, I believe, you know, requires maintaining the excellent level of offensive play that Georgia's had the last couple of seasons. I think that Mike Bobo is probably a pretty good hire, but the standard is, 40 points per game, you know, 150 points in the college ball playoff, 98 plays of 20 or more yards last year. The offensive standard at Georgia has gotten to be pretty high here right now. So pretty clearly, Mike Bobo obviously has very big shoes to fill, fill as he returns to Georgia for his first spring practice in a while as offensive coordinator. Yeah, and, you know, hiring coordinators, I think, is one of the more important things head coaches do. You only have to look at, you know, when Georgia – ironically, had to replace Mike Bobo after he left to take the Colorado State job after the 2014 season. Mike or Mark Rick brought in Brian Schottenheimer. That was a disastrous hire. It was part of the reason why after the 2015 season, Mark Rick was fired and they brought in Kirby Smart to be the new head coach of the program. And so, as you mentioned, the standard is incredibly high for Georgia with the bar set by Todd Munkin. Uh, you know, I do think Mike Bobo is a good offensive coordinator. I thought he, he did a lot of really good work, especially with that 2014 team. And the talent that he's going to have this time around is, quite frankly, more talented than any offense he previously coached 
at the University of Georgia, you know, you bring back Brock Bowers, who might be the best player in the country. Uh, you know, we sort of talked about this, but I'm not sure the rest of the Georgia fan base, I think, maybe understands how good or what kind of impact Dominic Lovett is going to have on yeah. this team. And then obviously the quarterback battle, you know, is going to be sorted out, not just in spring, but into the fall as well. But I, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way, but regardless of who wins this quarterback battle, whether it's Carson Beck, Brock Vanderbilt, or Gunnar Stockton, I feel pretty comfortable and confident that whoever it's going to be is going to deliver very strong quarterback play going forward, just given what we've seen out of them in the past and what we saw out of Stetson Bennett and the maturation he had over the course of his college career. I think you're right about that. Let's stay on quarterback here for a moment. Let me ask you just a very simple, basic question first, and it kind of builds something bigger. I think that you're in agreement with me that this is a competition, that Carson Beck may win the Heisman Trophy this year, but he's going to have to earn the job. He is not, you know, the heir apparent necessarily. He's going to have to prove himself being better than Vandegrift and Stockton over the course of the next few months. I don't believe he'll be named after the spring practice is over with. Um, I don't even know he'll be named prior to the start of the 2023 season. He may eventually be the guy, but this is a real competition, which I expect both Vandegrift and Stockton to be heard from. I, I'm pretty sure you agree with me on that, but uh, but go ahead and speak about that just for a moment if you don't mind. Yeah, I don't expect Kirby Smart to publicly name Carson Beck the starter. Uh, I will say right now he is probably the favorite to be the starter on September 2nd when Georgia takes on UT Martin in Sanford Stadium. But I think the Georgia coaches, they don't want to hand Carson Beck this job. They want him to go out there and prove in practice that he's the best guy for this job. And he's going to have to do that. Uh, you know, we know a lot about Gunnar Stock and what he brings to the table, and he's not going to make things easy. Fran uh, Griff is incredibly talented and has high upside and has been in the system for multiple years now. And so those guys are going to compete. I expect it, at least at the start of practice, to be a fairly even share in terms of reps and the way things are being divvied out in that sense. And then maybe over the course of, you know, fall practice when we get around to there, maybe then you start giving more reps to one specific player. But, look, Georgia's got a chance with these 15 spring practices to get to know more about these quarterbacks, how they look with first-team reps, uh, you know, Brock Vinegar's thrown three career passes. Carson Beck's thrown 58. None of them have started a game. So it is a fairly blank slate that these guys are stepping into. And so I think with Carson Beck, obviously he's going to be the favorite to be the, to, the, to win this. He's looked to as a leader for this team. And I'll be interested in seeing, you know, I talked to him after the national championship game, and he said he was excited about this opportunity to go out there and win this job. I'll be interested in seeing how he goes and capitalizes on this opportunity. Yeah, I think that's right. And so beyond that, to me, it's what Kirby says about this this spring that I find to be the most interesting. Now, it's easy to assume, and this may end up being the correct assumption, that Smart reveals no details, that everybody's equal, everybody's the same, and there is no spoken of separation that comes out of this spring whatsoever. And some people would assume that may be related to trying to keep all of these guys here and prevent someone from transferring. It's worth pointing out that not every coach treats his quarterback competitions that way during spring. Sometimes coaches will speak of a little bit of separation. Sometimes coaches will speak a little bit more candidly, and I presume it's because if the results are obvious enough, maybe they feel like they need to because they know their other players are hearing all of this. So my question to you is this, is do you think at any point in time this spring, Smart kind of deviates away from the expected script of, we got three guys that give us a chance to win. We feel great about all three of these guys. They're all absolutely equal. No one separated themselves. Does Smart go out of his way to reveal as few details as possible during this quarterback competition this spring? Or do you think there's any point in time when maybe he does let slip some candor? 
Georgia had to have open practices during the national championship game and as well as the college football playoff game against Ohio State. Kirby Smart had us watching yoga during those uh, <laughs> I don't expect him to give anything uh, of substance when discussing this quarterback battle. Obviously, look, and I wrote about this on Monday about Brock Vandegrift, sort of the, the, the thing that hangs over everything with regards to him maybe in particular is this idea that is he going to stick around? Is he going to stay here? You know, the transfer portal window opens up again May 1st through May 15th. And, look, you know, they really like long-term what Gunnar Stockton is going to bring to this team. And Carson Beck right now has been ahead of him on the depth chart. So the question is, are you going to have Brock stick around? And I think you really only need to go back to the 2019 season and see what kind of a disaster it was having just two healthy scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. That's not a place Georgia wants to be in. And so, you know, Kirby's going to play this close to the vest at least in, the, in, in, in front of the public. I, I do expect these guys to have a better understanding of where they sit, you know, in the closed-door moments away from the cameras. But, you know, I don't expect Kirby Smart to change all that much. I expect him to keep things pretty close to his vest and try and, at least publicly, make it seem like this quarterback battle is, is wide open. Let's talk about the serious stuff here for a moment. You are correct in your prediction, I believe anyway, that there'll be questions today about, obviously, the terribly tragic accident we continue to be sad about and the details that have kind of we've learned from that that are obviously to some degree troubling and some of the other issues that seem somewhat you know connected to this you know possibly the point is there will be a serious tone of question that smart faces here today almost certainly this press conference but connor it's it's also i think interesting to point out here is that for a while everything sort of related to the accident uh back in january has sort of felt like a developing story. But since we found out the news a couple of weeks ago that Jalen Carter was present at the scene of all this and had some sort of you know role in all of this, we haven't really learned any new developments since then. Connor, is this still a developing story in your mind, or do you think at this point in time we should assume that it's now about dealing with what has been learned and all of the new information, you know, toxicology information's come back, you know, we've had a misdemeanor charge against Carter on this. Uh, obviously, we continue to mourn the with the sadness of uh, the passing of, of, of Chandler and, and Devin here. But there hasn't been new information now in a couple of weeks. Is that over with? I would probably lean to the latter. You know, obviously, there's some things that are still being sorted out. Obviously, you know, Jalen Carter has an arraignment on, I believe, April 18th. And we'll learn more about his, you know, developing story. But I, I think it'll be interesting in seeing, you know, what Kirby Smart ultimately has to say about this. You know, if the investigation is still ongoing, Kirby Smart will let us know that, and he'll probably say very little about it because of the fact that it is an ongoing investigation. And, and so, you know, I, I think the, the bigger thing here and the reason why this is all being lumped in is this is the first time that we've heard from Kirby publicly on this. Obviously, he gave an interview to Mark Schlebaugh of ESPN, uh, you know, after the uh, Jalen Carter arrest and all that came out from there. And so I think that plays a factor into this. But, you know, ultimately this is just part of the process. And, you know, they didn't have a traditional uh, press conference on signing day where some of these questions would have been asked then. And so this is just sort of all playing out on the same day. And they're going to try and get it all out there and answer this as honestly as they can. I want to kind of move off to something else for a moment. I talked about this before you joined us, which is, to me, this is a little bit of a hard – it's almost hard to believe that the idea of Georgia's back-to-back national champions coming back, trying to win a third straight, and processing all of this 
Connor, as someone who grew up with a level of Georgia football that was nowhere near <laughs> successful, frankly, it's almost at times sort of hard to believe this is real life. And when you look ahead to what George is about to face, as I said right before you joined us in the show today, you know, it's easy to assume this is going to be easy. Hey, Georgia won in 2021, Georgia won in uh, 2022, and now in 2023, there's no obvious reason they won't win it again. But college football just sort of has a way of surprising you, doesn't it? And to me, I think the right mindset for a Georgia fan going into this upcoming season, which in a lot of ways sort of begins with spring practice today, is to kind of be on guard for anything. There may be a game that emerges as way tougher than you think. There may be a team as a national championship threat that emerges that's way tougher than you think. Somehow, some way, the job of winning a third straight national championship is not really supposed to be easy. And at some point in time, Georgia, I would imagine, is going to face an on-field challenge. It's part of the mystery of college football that makes it so entertaining. But to me, Connor, the right mindset for Georgia fans to be in as this now 2023 season gets ready to begin is, is just be on guard for surprise because college football just sort of has a way of surprising us. Yeah, this isn't limited to just college football, but you look in across sports in, in you know past two, three decades, it's really difficult to win three straight national championships or three straight championships in your sport. You know, as great as Tom Brady and the New England Patriots were, they never accomplished that feat. Uh, you know, you have to go back to, I believe, the Kobe and Shaq years to see it in, 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 in the NBA, despite, you know, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, the Golden State Warriors, all the success that those teams have had. It's really difficult to win three straight titles. And I think Kirby Smart knows that. I think that's why he addressed it right after the national championship game and the comments that he made. Uh, he, he knows, you know, Winning a third straight title is going to be significantly harder than a back-to-back national championship because a lot of these guys are coming back and they know sort of what to expect. And sometimes that can work against you. I think as Georgia outlined the last season, it's hard to get up and work out at 5 a.m. in the morning if you're doing so in silk pajamas. And, you know, Georgia's won a lot in recent years. They are the team in college football now. And this is a game that when Georgia comes to town or when they play Georgia, you know, you saw it last year against Missouri – Georgia didn't play its A effort and was very fortunate to come out of there with a win. That's going to be every single game on the schedule this season. And, you know, I think you're right in pointing out, you know, there are teams we don't know how things are going to turn out. Again, last year, no one would have said that Missouri was going to be Georgia's toughest regular season game or toughest game other than the Ohio State win. But that's exactly what ended up happening. Connor, great stuff. I cannot wait to read everything you've got going on there, dognation.com. I know the blog's already up, kind of updating information as it comes out, and plenty of great stories there as well. So, We love this time of year. Uh, I'm not able to be in Athens every day. I'm glad you are. You'll provide us great coverage for it. And, of course, we'll look forward to talking to you back here again next week at this same time right here on Dog Nation Daily presented by ESOG. Yep, as always, it's a pleasure. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, I love it. I love spring practice. I love the Dog Nation coverage of all of that. That is always really fun. If we want to, we can bring that music down. Um, always uh, SEC through music always comes blasting through. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I just love this time of year. And you can go to dognation.com and read all about it. Some of it's the whispers. Some of it's the rumors. Some of it's the uh, stuff that Kirby Smart says. All of it's interesting. All of it leading towards April 15th. G-Day, a chance to see that with our own eyes. Can't wait for that. By the way, more on the spring game stuff here in a moment, including something I couldn't help but notice that's going to probably make a little bit of a soapbox. We're going to do this here coming up in just a bit. Prior to that, though, let's get ready to go cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And a lot of y'all know that I love every opportunity I can get to be on a Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. 
but it's not just me here on the Dog Nation team for whom that's true. Uh, our buddy Kaylee Manzel, who's been doing some great work with us. You saw her as part of our Next Generation series that just got kicked off there at DogNation.com. She just got back from a Royal Caribbean cruise. We're talking about it a little bit this morning. I, I got to get more details from her. Some of these details are going to be sort of hard to unearth because what happens on the ship stays in the ship. But I do know this. The food is great. The beverages were flowing. The sunshine was wonderful. And on a day like this, where it's pretty cold here in the state of Georgia, being back in the Bahamas or the Caribbean somewhere, and I tell you, that seems like a pretty attractive locale given the uh, very, very cold weather conditions we dealt with uh, here today. I'm sure many of you feel the same way. And by the way, if you do, this is your chance to book your own Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. I'm talking about spring break travel coming up, summer travel coming up, starting about the holidays here in 2023, moving ahead to that, go ahead and get that plan. It's never too soon to start thinking about that. And if you want to get going as well, January 2024, the debut of Icon of the Seas, this is a cruise vacation that kind of combines all the great things of a vacation and sort of one thing right there on the ship. You've got the largest water park at sea. You've almost got like your own beach experience on the ship there as well. And of course, it's like a great resort. They're floating on the ocean. It's another example of the way in which Royal Caribbean completely redefines the cruise vacation each and every time they introduce one of these brand new ships. I was on Wonder of the Seas back in February. It was amazing. Icon of the Seas is going to be amazing. And for those of you lucky enough to be with us, on board independence of the seas coming up in april that's going to be great there as well and by the way speaking of the dog nation cruise the person who's helped us out with all of that our great friend jessica slater terrific travel agent here's my recommendation to you that when you want to book a royal caribbean cruise vacation a great travel agent just makes the experience that much better because jessica listen you think i've been on a bunch of cruises jessica's been on you know tenfold what i've been on and so she uses that expertise for you so you can give her a call 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 she can help you book your cruise if you've got you want information for the Dog Nation cruise, which at this point in time it's a little late on. Uh, but nonetheless, RoyalDogs.com. That's the website she put together just for dog fans. RoyalDogs.com. She'll get you updated on everything you need to know about your own Royal Caribbean cruise vacation. For those of you who'll be on the Dog Nation cruise, we can't wait to see you. We are almost a month away from that. And I am so excited about that. All right. Let's go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. We'll catch up with Jake Fromm here coming up in a few minutes there as well. And I want to show you uh, the graphic that I showed you before for those of you watching on video. There is something I could not help but notice about the SEC schedule that was released yesterday. And look, to me, I don't know. I, this maybe shouldn't bother me, but it does. So if you look at spring games, other than Georgia, it's going to be on ESPN2. These spring games, for the most part, are all actually completely other than Georgia. Everything is streaming on ESPN Plus, SEC Network Plus. But do you notice this? Alabama Pro Day, that's on the SEC Network. The Kentucky Pro Day, SEC Network. The Florida Pro Day, SEC Network. You have got a lot of these Pro Days, including the Georgia Pro Day, uh, which takes place tomorrow. You've got a lot of these Pro Days, which will be on some form of real television, the SEC Network while a lot of the spring games are kind of relegated to streaming video status. Now, this bothers me just a little bit, and to be honest with you, it probably bothers me more than it should. There's a, probably a caveat here in the standpoint of, as someone who's done just a very little bit of television, it's probably way easier to televise a pro day than it is a football game. The level of, like, you know, satellite truck and TV, you know, cameras and staff and things like that you need for, a, for an actual football game is probably far greater than, than it is for... Uh, you know, for you know, for for a pro day, so that's probably why a lot of these pro days are on TV, and the rest of them are kind of not. But as far as the um, 
as far as as, as the uh, spring games themselves what you don't want here is a situation where um what you don't want here is a situation where all of a sudden there's greater interest in the pro day as a showcase for guys going to the nfl more so than the actual guys who are going to be playing and performing for their team upcoming this season that's what i think you kind of don't want uh there because listen i think a lot of us love the idea of college football being more about the upcoming team the upcoming season as as opposed to more than just a showcase for the nfl i, I think that's kind of the way that's supposed to be, be right there and, and by the way speaking of uh uh pro days and spring games things like that there's also a little bit of controversy yesterday some alabama fans not happy about the fact and listen they've kind of gotten used to sort of being uh you know getting whatever they want the fact their their spring game's not going to be on television but espn is choosing to televise the colorado spring game the debut for uh the debut for Deion Sanders. In fact, AL.com, the big media entity out in Alabama that writes about this kind of stuff. Uh, Mike Rodak on Twitter saying ESPN is going to air Colorado spring game on April 22nd. That's the debut for Deion Sanders. But Alabama spring game at the same time is only going to be available to stream. So the two coaches that share the AFLAC commercials together right now, Deion Sanders is getting a little bit more attention than uh, Nick Saban is in Alabama. And a lot of the folks around the Crimson Tide, not too happy about that. We will make that cruiser on the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. And as promised here on Dog Nation Daily, time for our Kroger Fresh Take as we get ready to bring on the former Georgia quarterback, Jake Fromm, right now. Always great to have Jake on the program. Jake, thanks for being here. Exciting day for Georgia fans as spring practice begins. We certainly appreciate your time to preview all of it. Yeah, Brandon, what's going on? Thank you for having me. Good to be uh, with you here. And I guess I'm curious, as a player yourself, you know, how – you know much juice would be flowing how excited would you be obviously january february my guess is those are probably the least fun months to be a football player it seems like a lot of early mornings weightlifting running you know there's not a lot of glory involved in being a college football player in the cold winter january february but when you get back on a football field and it starts feeling like real football again the weather kind of warms up a little bit although today not so much but when the weather starts warming up and you're playing something that sort of feels like real football how exciting is to be able to turn the page to this time of year yeah, no, absolutely, man. These guys are excited about it, uh, especially for these guys, how tough the winter workout program is. Uh, I mean, you're talking these winter conditioning runs, these lifts. Uh, I mean, these, these workouts are two hours, two-plus hours long. I mean, they are brutal. They're tough, and they're getting your body and your mind right, trying to develop leaders, trying to develop guys who, who have just a commitment to the program. So all that stuff's going to be put on the field today, uh, getting it started. I know the guys are pretty pumped about that. I want to ask you a question going back to your career here for a moment because, look, you obviously as a player kind of know what the real story is. You're seeing practice. You know how you're performing. You know how well the other guys are performing, including at times guys you're competing with. Those of us who are not doing that, as a media person every now and then I'll see a little bit of practice, but I don't see much. You know, I'm like everybody else in the standpoint of I'm listening very closely to what Kirby Smart's saying, and I'm probably overanalyzing everything that Smart says. And my point is – is that when you were a true freshman and when you were kind of going through you know, your first spring, your first summer at, at, at Georgia, Kirby was talking you up a little bit. I remember a Feinbaum interview in particular where, where Kirby was asked about the quarterback situation, and he mentioned you during that interview. This time, you're a true freshman. A lot of people don't know who you are yet, and yet Kirby's talking about the fact that you're pushing for playing time and you're competing. As a player yourself, were you aware of that kind of thing, the fact that your coach is talking about you during interviews? Did that give you some confidence? Do you think that gave your teammates some confidence of, hey, we feel pretty good if Jake gets called upon to play, which obviously you eventually did because uh, of, of, of Jacob's injury. 
But how aware were you at the time of what Kirby was saying about you as you were going through competitive practices, showing that you were capable of playing? Was that the kind of thing that you that you even knew existed? Uh, I mean, honestly, kind of a little yes and no at the same time. Uh, I was so just in my own in my own bubble, in my own world of hey, I'm going to go to class. I'm going to try to make some good grades, but uh, I'm here to get on this football field and show kind of who and what player I can be. Um, and so, I mean, just really just kind of getting just engulfed in the work of coming to football, coming to work every day. Um, really wasn't thinking too much or hearing too much about the outside world. But I could 100% see uh, just when, when your coach does say something um, good about you and how powerful and strong that can be and, and earn a little bit of respect among your peers as well. Because uh, they see it on the field, but it's one thing, too, to come from head coach's mouth. And when he's saying it, uh, that's, that's usually some, some good things. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely be uh, be kind of seeing who Coach Smart has to kind of say does well uh, over these you know first couple of days and make some good first impressions because uh, that means a lot, holds a lot of weight. So you're a humble guy. I'm sure you don't want to talk too much about this, but in terms of evaluating your own performance, was there a moment early when you maybe had a practice moment where, I mean, listen, I think it's just natural for anybody to say I've been a very good high school player but now I'm playing in an SEC level program and there are a lot of good players around me and there's there's obviously I'm sure a little bit of nervousness and anxiety about stepping into a practice situation like that for the first time was there a moment for you in practice early on where you were led to, to believe okay well maybe I am you know good enough to play at this level maybe I am ready for this or maybe you kind of always had that belief and didn't need to to prove anything to yourself but was there kind of an early practice moment for you where you're able to kind of settle in and kind of realize that hey these players may be good but the actual sports the same one I've been playing for most of my life did you have a moment like that at all yeah well I came in with some confidence of, of uh, coming from a good high school program coming from the great state of Georgia and how good high school football is here in the state and and I, I mean, I knew I could play, um, but for me, uh, I you know I had some confidence. But then w- once you kind of get in these uh, specific scenario drills, these these third down situations uh, where you got to go and you got to compete and beat the defense in these two minute drills. Um, and for me, when, when I had some success in some of those drills, uh, I really got to go out and play quarterback and play football and move the ball down the field. Uh, that's what really got the ball rolling yeah. for me. And w- once you start with a little bit of confidence, and then you're like, man. I- I'm doing this. I'm moving the ball, man. Then, then that that kind of snowball effect starts happening, gets the ball rolling for you, and then, man, at that point you're like, man, just throw me in there. I, I I can do it all. The sense that I get, and this is not just about you; it's about any kind of quarterback. The sense that I get is, okay, if a quarterback does have some self-belief, if that quarterback does have some genuine confidence, confidence is not fake, by the way. You know, I've talked about that before. If it's yep. the, if it's the real deal. That becomes yep. kind of contagious, doesn't it? That 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 becomes yep. kind of one of those things that your teammates sort of buy into there as well. Of well, this quarterback believes he can get it done, then maybe we believe he can get it done too, right? Yeah, no, nobody can see it uh, and feel it more than the guys you're with every single day. Your receivers, the offensive linemen, they're, they they can see it and they can see right through it better than anybody. So uh, being able to play with that confidence, speed, and and just kind of exude into your teammates man once once that starts happening you're gonna have a very special offensive unit and a special football team I want to ask you about another situation involving this Georgia team in a moment but prior to that let me remind folks this is our Kroger Fresh Tag with Jake Fromm we do it every Tuesday always great to get insight from a guy like this who's been through spring practice who kind of knows what it takes to succeed at a high level to place like Georgia fun conversation for us it's all brought to you by our friends at Kroger something else we like about Kroger not just providing great conversations like this but also providing great savings opportunities for you there as well 
and using creative technological ways to get ready to do that, including right now you can go digital and save even more with our friends at Kroger. You can create an account on the Kroger app or at Kroger.com, and you can start downloading digital coupons to give you a great chance to enjoy some great savings. All of that right now uh, at Kroger. So go to Kroger.com slash sign up for more on that. That's Kroger.com slash sign up, and you can check out more of that today. Kroger doing a uh, great job there. Jake, something else I was thinking about today as I knew we were going to have this conversation is if you look back to 2017, you were not the only true freshman that played a good bit for that Georgia team that year. Uh, One of the guys you came in with, Andrew Thomas, also became a starter along the offensive line there as well. And Andrew had a great year, I think, for you guys in 2017. And obviously for Georgia this year, it's breaking in two new offensive tackles as well, at least full season starter. We saw Marius Mims play some of the end of last year. My presumption is he's a full season starter this year. And maybe it's a guy like Ernest Green who was on the team last year but injured for most of the season. Maybe he steps in with limited experience to start at the one of the other tackle spots. When you watch the way that Andrew did that, now eventually Andrew became the number number four pick in the draft, so he was a very, very good player. But <laughs> so, so maybe he had a lot going for him just to begin with. But how did he handle the job of, hey, I'm going to, as a true freshman, I'm going to play as an offensive tackle for a team that's going to win the SEC and come with an eyelash winning the national championship. How did he handle all that newness at once? And what do you think that means about what these two new offensive tackles for George are going to have to do this year as well? Playing offensive tackle in the SEC at this level, uh, that is an extremely tough job to do. Um, Nobody really cares if you do your job well, but everybody sees it when you don't do your job because the precious quarterback gets hit and he can't make the play on third down uh, to move you down to go score points. So, uh, man, they have a tremendously tough job. Um, And, you know, going back on Andrew, man, you got to brag on Andrew. Uh, I mean, Andrew is just, he's that guy. I mean, God gave him the ability to do it. He had the mindset, determination to go to work and to be as good as he does. He's a master of his craft. Um, but man, I, I, I love Marius Mims, man. That dude, he, he just looks like an offensive tackle. I mean, he is as big, uh, and as, and, and athletic as you could possibly be. So, uh, I'm excited for him, man. But, but filling these two tackle, these two tackle spots is, is going to be a tough job to do. And they'll probably be switching and have kind of a revolving door, uh, moving guys in and out and kind of seeing who, who can play and, and who's going to get the job done for them? Should be a fun spring to watch it all play out, Jake. I really appreciate your time on the show today to kind of break all this down and talk about that. We always love your insight as part of the Kroger Fresh Take. We'll look forward to doing it with you again next week, and we just appreciate your time. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brennan. Good stuff from Jake Fromm right there. Yeah, fun show. Great great time. Any time you get a chance to talk to Jake Fromm right there and uh, get his thoughts on what's going on in Georgia football, that's always a uh, really special thing. By the way, speaking of fun things, uh, I want to put a link to the video to this when I uh, post the show at dognation.com later on today. Emerson Hancock, you may remember him, a uh, really good former pitcher of the Diamond Dogs. Uh, one of the great sadnesses for me will always be what Georgia could have been in the 2020 season uh, had, that, had that year had a chance to take place. With that deep pitching staff that Georgia had, they could have had a chance to make a real run. Uh, that would have been a uh, a really good thing to be able to see. Well, anyway, Emerson Hancock now pitches for the uh, Seattle Mariners. There's a very funny video where they were trying to get Emerson Hancock to say the phrase roll tie. They were trying to get him to say that as the former Georgia Bulldog, and he just would not do it. I'll show you a little bit of a glimpse at this, uh, and I'll put the uh, video up for you to see later on. But Hancock just wouldn't do it. He would not play along. Uh, their Twitter account says, you can take the ball player out of the SEC, but you can't take the SEC out of the ball player. Emerson Hancock represent the dogs up there in the Pacific Northwest. That's good stuff. We'll give him a golden shoe for that. And remind you, lousy, stinking Gators. Gator hater countdown. Georgia back in Jacksonville. Beating up on Florida again. 200 
28 days from right now. That is our Gatorator Countdown. We will see all of you back here tomorrow. Dog Nation Daily, presented by Engineered Solutions of Georgia.